I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. And as soon as I thought I liked it, I immediately hated it. Hated yeah. myself. Or like you know that feeling where yeah, you go, yeah, yeah. This is this is something I like, but ew, the type of people who wear that and I'm like, that would be me if I could be myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you buy it's, it on Amazon? No, it was in um like H and M. Oh nice. I buy so much on Amazon. I probably wear half of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll get cowboy hats and they'll just be like big ones. I'll be like, I can't wear that one. Yeah. The pictures are pretty, right? <laughs> yeah. You probably just need to buy a picture of the thing and blow it up and hang it as a poster instead of actually having the item. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> freaking crazy. And then I got uh, and then I got on some like, you know, protest thing because of the NRA stuff. Uh-huh. So I was like, Which side are you on? I'm against it, and oh, okay. so I got off Amazon because I, I appreciate that. Know. By the way, I do wear a cowboy hat. You, you <laughs> never know. You know how many times these days I've been in no, conversation with people and realize we're on the like midway through. I'm like, wait yeah. a second, what? What are you saying? <laughs> what side are you on? <laughs> now I was, you know, because of you know, all the videos and stuff they do of the NRA stuff. So I said, you know what, this is my strong protest because I, you know, basically don't have time to do a bunch of other positive protesting i'll just do this i'll, I'll get to their pocketbook uh-huh. and then um you know so i gave up amazon and it's probably the, one of the hardest addictions oh really to give up because all i did was shop all day yeah you know and it's like i feel like it's easier to get off coke and whiskey than you know just not buy three cowboy hats for 80 bucks mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it's like so anyway so i just definitely i just can't get away from Amazon. And then it's like now, and then I, I use my girl's Amazon mm-hmm. to watch the movies. So I still I feel like I'm still <laughs> being strong <laughs> because it's her account. It's not mine. And she so. hasn't taken a stance. No. It's all she's on like, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. All right. This all right. Fun. It's good to see you. Good to see you. So you've been in LA. Yes. And you're back. Oh, yes. I'm back. New York City. Yes. It's awesome. Nice relief to be back here. Yeah. It's it's more familiar, like I was telling you. It's just uh, I thought that I had gained all this respect and bravery and courage to be on stage. Yeah. And I went to L.A. thinking it would be this, I would be that same person. Okay. And I didn't realize that um, it was based on familiarity and the relationships I have with people. Okay. Like there are people, honestly, that will not come in here because they're intimidated by you. And I can, <laughs> you know, but I've been around for so long. Yeah. I've, I I ran a show for ten years. I've oh. paid my dues. I barked. I sure. I barked for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I can come in here and be like, hey, Dustin, and you won't yeah. feel like I'm begging for stage time because I'm usually not. But yeah, no. There, yeah. Where can I go without them thinking, oh, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you said that because um, you had an exceptional amount of like uh, confidence for a young comic. <laughs> <laughs> AKA annoying. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you did. I remember one time I had a little thing with you, and it was like the only time we ever had a thing. And mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, you were just hungry. Yeah. You were just like, hey, can I get up? And I was like, yeah, it's a Saturday night. I was like, you know, you got to pay some dues. It was yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Because I always felt like there was a pecking order. And always. It, it, and I wasn't, you know, nothing personal. But I remember it's like you had that look in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, it's like it didn't matter who it was you were going to ask. You were mm-hmm. going to try to get ahead. And you've definitely had a, you know, great career of kind of maneuvering different things and different paths and writing jobs and stuff. Probably, you know, not a lot of people could do. And you were mm-hmm. able to kind of like feel it out and create your own path but but that didn't work out for me that asking everybody which is why you know what i mean (laughs) which is why i ended up working my own show at the lantern i had that show for like seven or eight years you did you did you paid your dues like that you definitely did it's like i knocked on everybody's door and i didn't understand 
the route and then i yeah. kind of learned i kind of learned after a while yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and bring you in uh hey everybody you're listening to i'll leave you with this i'm dustin chafin special guest today uh very funny comedian uh she has been on late night with jimmy fallon she's written for at midnight on comedy central uh girl code lots of stuff uh, uh punch out knockout is that comedy knockout. comedy knockout <laughs> <laughs> Kalise hawkins everybody yeah welcome so to good. the show welcome to the show in like a, in a, like a <laughs> sentence yeah, and that's like the, you know when the you hear the, when you hear, when your, you credits? hear your credits, but nice. like it's years of ups and downs, absolutely and sadness, Major and news. but victories. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, that's kind of how I was. Where it's like I, I didn't, I didn't ask too many people for things because I felt like when I did, I got rejected pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So then my whole thing was like. I'm not just going to beg either. I'm just going to create my own empire of of stage time. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like that was what I, you know, I was just like nobody's going to make me feel rejected all the time. Right. And I'm still that way. It's like that's why I still run a place or whatever because I feel like I just never want to be at the mercy mm-hmm. of somebody booking me. I want it because the only reason I do this is for the stage. You know, and mm-hmm. it's that's I love being a comic, and so. Nobody's going to prevent me from that. You could prevent the fame. You could prevent the, the millions or whatever, but you're not going to keep me from getting on stage. So that's why I always run a room. I will never not run a room. Right. As long as I do this stupid thing, I'm not going to not have a place where I can just jump on and do 20 if I want. That's great. You know, and I think you're the same way. You ran the Lantern. Yes. That, that's a great, but I ran a show there until my ex got us kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> Being a psycho. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember her. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, we, we talk about her a little bit. We don't. We don't say her by name because we don't yeah, want her stalking fine. us. But uh, but that that's the thing with comedy. It's like sometimes it's like you have people in your life that can help you, mm-hmm. and then you have people in your life that can like bring you down and like yeah. r- like just you know close doors on you and stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. I um I I I don't know what kind of maneuvering I'm capable of in this business, but I have noticed. So I isolate every once in a while. Like I don't hang in groups of people, but that's mostly, I think because the pattern of with the child, like it's like when you had the, when I had the baby, then I sat out for years. And so whatever group I was hanging out with then it was weird to just come back to them. They weren't a group anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I used to hang out with like Colin Kane or Michelle Buteau sure, or sure. whoever. And then when I came back, I hung out with like Andrew Schultz, Thomas and Mike Rogan. And then I went away for a while again because yeah. it's, you know, it's like ups and downs with like when you have to be home with your kid and when you can afford to actually go out and um, and, and have a babysitter. So I never really ended up in a group. Yeah. And so what I've noticed, though, is the people who will leech on to like a group of comics and they're they're not even their friends. Sure. They end up it works out for them. Oh, yeah. I, it's crazy to see that now. Oh, yeah. So people some people are just so good at just like. You know, going from one to the next to the next person, just kind of being their friend. I get it all the time. They do it like professionally. They're professional friends. Absolutely. And the people you watch them do it to people, and the people who are like the target are completely unaware. Sure. Yeah. No. People, you know, use you and and but they're good at it, so you don't feel like you've been used. Right. Like a couple years later, like, oh, that guy fucking used me. Yeah. (laughs) I thought he was my buddy. Because then they disappear. Yeah. Time. Well, I always know like. Because I have only comics in my life, unfortunately, a- as friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really tried to get other kind of friends. It just mm-hmm. never works out. No. Like, I had one friend who wasn't a comic that I'd met, like, years ago. And then, fucking last year, he's like, hey, man, 
you think you could like maybe teach me how to do comedy? I was like, no. Oh, I was like, you're no. the one guy that's not a comic. <laughs> I don't want to teach you. Then you become just another fucking comic friend. But that's the thing about it's like relationships and friendships yeah. to me. I've noticed just over time with whether or not it's comedy, the type of person who wants to be maybe in a relationship with you. I'm not yeah. speaking about yours because I already know yours. So yeah. you're good. Yeah. Uh, well, for women, I always say whatever man you're attracted to. Look at the reason why you're attracted to him. That's probably just something you wanted for yourself. Sure. Right? Yeah. So even like friends, uh, that friend might have admired you and looked at you and like, oh my God, that's so cool what you're doing yeah. because they weren't brave enough to do it. And then they're like, after a while, they're like, how do I become you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, or suck the soul out of you. Either yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about the, the, you know, having a kid. You know, it's funny. I uh, remember watching a... Uh, Kid Rock documentary out of all things mm-hmm. <laughs> not pro Kid Rock I used to be and it, it really breaks my heart that he went so political but um, in the wrong way but he, he his whole thing was like when I had a kid and I always wonder about this because I don't have children I always wonder if it's this thing that happens in your life where you're like it bumps you up to like oh I gotta fucking go in hard now because I don't have just have myself I got this person to take care of so sometimes it elevates you maybe to get further and to work harder just because you feel like you have this pressure. Sometimes pressure is motivating. Yeah, I do. I, you know, yeah. I think that maybe, maybe not everybody, but some people are selfless by nature. So yeah. when you have somebody to sacrifice for and to take care of, it's easier than to take care of yourself. That definitely happened for me on a lot of levels. Yeah. It was a lot easier for me to do the grind. Yeah. Not for my own selfish like gain. Sure. It was, I need rent money. So like I was, yeah. um, there was this Nickel, Nick Mom came out. That was like my first in. Okay. When Nick Mom came out, I was writing these lists and it was like $50 a list. Mm. So I would, I would set a goal for myself to write at least like nine lists a month so that I could get half of my rent. Wow. You know what I mean? It yeah, would yeah, be... Yeah. I'd ha- I had to be a little more structured than comedy. When I first started doing comedy, I was just running around. Oh, where's the mic? Oh, you know a mic? Okay, I'll go to that mic. Yeah. There was no plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's, yeah, because you're smart. You know, I think you have this thing in your head where it's like, you know, that you, you seem very systematic and like, because I feel like it's like, I always talk to people when they get one writing job, like that's the hardest thing mm-hmm. because I feel after you get that one, then some other opportunities open up and then you just kind of boom, 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 all the way to, you know, LA. So... How long were you in L.A.? I was in L.A. for a year this time. I, okay. got, I did it once before. Okay. Remember when me and yeah. Yamanika went for Funny Girls? That yeah. was like for three months, three, three, four months. But this yeah. time was a full year. Wow. So I really got the experience, I you, think. You kept your place here, right? <laughs> I did. That's smart. See, a lot of comics, they get so, rid of everything. Like, I'm just going to L.A. and be a movie star. The kind of smart, I appreciate you saying nothing. I'm smart, but yeah. I think I'm more, I don't. I, I don't know smart. about yeah, but I don't know because it's not this kind of smart that I think is smart. Like the kind of smart I think is like scheduling like charts. Like like I've seen no, comics not, who have people, charts. There's like Steve Hofstadter smart, and then right. there's it's like well, that's you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, we, he and I are very friendly, but Steve Hofstadter smart is a little more. It's different though. It's conniving. More, yeah, he, I mean, he's really, a businessman. He is, and, and that's a businessman personality you he have is, to be absolutely. savvy i'm not like that no 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 no. But, i wasn't comparing you to him i was just saying but there is that kind of smart and then you well, have like instinctual <laughs> smart you have like a street I mean, smart obviously but and, even you know. the reason why i'm even building this up is <laughs> yeah. to say what i actually did which i don't know if which it's a good what? or a bad thing What'd you do? so when i was in la um my relationship with my current boyfriend at that time fell apart okay. and he was still in my apartment and i let him stay in the apartment 
with like the handshake agreement um if i have to come back yeah because i thought i'm never gonna have to come back Mm. but if i have to come back i want that apartment back so can you Uh. can you stay there and not only did i help him stay there i got another friend comedian who you might know max my friend max yeah um i got him to be roommates with him so that they would have cheap rent okay but i also wanted him to be there so i would have a person just in case it got you know really bad I wanted yeah. a friendly orgies and stuff. Yeah, just keep it. Not yeah. orgy, just like, just in case it was like he, you know how some people are. He, my ex isn't like this, but who knows? You know how some people are like, no, I've been here. This is mine now. Yeah, I didn't want that I, to happen either. Well, I love your boyfriend situations. You have <laughs> you have such a gamut of selection. I mean, there's just like every, that's the thing. every height, every shade. They every, never I mean, repeat, right? Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's really phenomenal. And I've noticed that. Like you don't like have, I, you don't have a type. Yeah, I look at all. like my ex is ex. Okay. And his his new his new girlfriend. Yeah. Her ex looks like him. Oh. Uh, I never do that. No, nah, ever. I don't know I who never. I am. Oh yeah. Well, what, <laughs> but it's variety. I like it. I think you're like. I but don't some know. people kind of know who they are, and they'll like keep being that well, person with phases. new people. Yeah, like Madonna go through a Latin phase, and <laughs> black dude phase. Like yeah. I think it's you know. I don't know. I just think it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, and it, I don't know that you you want to keep it spicy, you know. <laughs> same old shit over and over. I think it's it's really uh, I don't know. There's a little bit of finding myself through other people, and yeah. I've noticed that um, I try not to give this much control anymore, which is why I want to talk to you about that yeah. about alcohol and stuff. Sure. But I have noticed that my since I don't have a very strong sense of self, you know what I mean. I don't honestly. I always it's when you're in a position with another person and how they react to you it kind of defines who you are. Yeah. And so I've been playing around with that a lot. Like, who who am I? No, I don't like how you react to me. I'm not that person. <laughs> like, that's how I judge it. Yeah, but I... Think I th- everybody does on some level. Sure, but I think the more vulnerability you share and show, I think that becomes more of having oneself. And I think you... Like, I've noticed it on stage and noticed it in real life. Like, the more vulnerable you are is the more you become yourself. I think that's how it happens. You shed all that... You know that yeah. kind of armor of like, uh, you know, you're defensive and stuff. You and just let that problem. go. Yeah, yep. you let that go, and I think you start to become yourself. That's how it works. That's the problem. Like I've heard this a couple times recently. You and um, another person who, you know, they it's were insightful. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like, they were like, your thing is vulnerability. It was right when I was like, yeah. I'm not gonna do that anymore. Yeah, because it. It sucks Do what? Vul- <laughs> to uh, be vulnerable oh. as a comic when you see a lot of comics who are kind of uh, disconnected from what they're saying. Yeah, it, it we all get there. Really I, d- I do it a lot. I'm disconnected half the time on stage, you know, Right. but I think it's like I think it just depends on I, I always feel like these two drink minimum crowds don't deserve too much vulnerability. That's what it is. <laughs> like a theater or something like a really nice show that's there to see you. Then I'll share more an album recording something. I'll share oh, a little more. Yeah. But if it's something like these, these goofballs from fucking Jersey and yeah, yeah. Staten Island, and that just, makes sense. <laughs> they don't want to hear about my you know tearful relationship with my father. Like they yeah. don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna give them that. You know what I mean? And yeah. then they fucking just sit on it or just say something shitty. Yeah. And then I go crazy. So right. there is a time and a place for it. But mm-hmm. I think you know. I think you start to get a little more vulnerable. Like like we've seen a lot of comics that you know. I mean, well, Richard Pryor is the great example of that. Where he when he started, it was all like you know just Bill Cosby's kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when he's you know broke it down and started getting on the good drugs, you know he just <laughs> <laughs> let it free. But even guys like Bill Burr and certain guys that we saw that were very pop pop kind of comics, yeah. you know, revealing more about themselves. But yes. 
you know, but you don't have to. You don't have to do that. That's one thing I argue too, where it's like, we don't all have to be great storytellers on stage. Right. We don't all have to just shed our tears and blood, sweat, and tears on stage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Stephen Wright, amazing comedian. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows anything about him. Right. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, but it doesn't make him less of a comic than Doug Stanhope or or Bill Burr or something. You right. know what I mean? Like I, d- I, don't know. I definitely don't judge it. I wanted to go the route of being less vulnerable because it it seemed to be less painful. Yeah. But um, so when you say that, what do you mean? Are you trying to write jokes that are more like I wanted to, but somebody kind of I think somebody stopped me right in time. I, I I think now I'm trying to write from a little bit of both, where you might start from something that's slightly observational. Okay. And then it might lead to race. Like I'm talking about Uber, which is just a yeah. new phenomenon that's taking taxis like, you know, they're, they're taking jobs away from taxi drivers for now. Who knows? Uber looks like it's about to fail. But yeah. but it also is changing racism. <laughs> like, yeah. And how Uber's pick up more black people because they might not necessarily know you're black unless you put <laughs> well, you do have a blacky, profile black picture. black in your name. Well, Lyft, <laughs> Lyft has a profile picture. I don't know if Uber does. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, you got to change your name when you order. Uh, don't be Jamal Washington. Um, but you can also have a uh, rating. Yeah. So they so the rating is, is colorblind. You're all about your rating. That That's how they judge you. Right. Yeah, which is weird. Well, Lee and I were talking about it, um, about... Um, had, it has hurt the taxi industry, mm-hmm. but the thing is, though, it's like it's almost like, and then you get in a regular cab when you're just doing, you know, Lyft and Uber, mm-hmm. and then it's like they should really step it up a notch. Yeah, like, what they, are they like doing? Like they're they still being dicks. There's still like smells. It's still like you they know, don't use GPS. Yeah, it's still, <laughs> they're still taking your, your script. like you should be giving me like you know appetizers in the back. Yeah. Like, you should be like <laughs> should be whatever music I want. Like yeah. you need to like coddle me a little bit because I had a choice. I could have got a cheaper ride mm-hmm. and you didn't have to fucking be a dick. You yeah. Know, you, you don't want to go to Brooklyn or and, whatever, you know? And you're forced to watch their commercials. Oh God like you're, the, you're, that thing will drive me insane. Yeah. That's like a good fucking it's for like t- interrogating people. Yeah. Just watching the stoop over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> the like stoop. Four hours just watching Man, look at me, got dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of insane. But uh, so, yeah, I think, I don't know, man. I think as comics, we, we go through different, you know, little phases in our lives. But I don't know. I never know if I'm doing it right. But I know that I still love it. Mm-hmm. And I my whole thing is this, like, as long as I still love it, that's really the most important thing. I right. still love good, even when I hate the crowd, even when I hate the comics, and even when I start to get all like, fuck this, I'm just going to get a real job. But mm-hmm. I feel... I still love being up there. Right. Even when it's bad, it's better than sitting in a cubicle, staring at a kitten calendar and wondering when you're going to get, you know, a sick day or something. I had a few months where I hated it because since my comedy's personal uh-huh. and all that Me Too stuff was happening, it was pulling up a lot. Trigger. It was really uh, triggering me. I some of this, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I, I just stopped giving avails because I was like, this is what I, I talk about myself and I can't get on stage and talk about other stuff because I, I, it just, it's a mental block for me. I have to talk about what I'm feeling. Sure. And then talking about that with strangers, it's like not only am I uncomfortable, but some of them are in the crowd that don't want to face those things on a Friday night. They came yeah. out to drink and have fun, and I haven't found out a way to make it funny. So it was just like this snake-eating-its-tail feeling of just stay home until you figure out how you feel. Yeah, you had a great joke about that where um, being drunk, some guy pushing up on you is... What was that joke? That they well, I it was a. I have you a, figured I out a way to word it. About? You worded what? something about it <laughs> about a guy being aggressive, but it, it just being a Saturday night or something, or uh, something, something. I'm not like. sure which one we're okay. talking about. Are we talking about the Me Too type stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, because I have a joke. 
I, I have Sorry this, if I'm, you know, being insensitive. I didn't, I just, well, I know you had a Well, the thing I'm talking about. about now is that, yeah. you know, back in, <laughs> back in my 20s, yeah, they would, they would, they would say, you know, I, we would say I had too many drinks and this, this fella took advantage of me. And the 22 year olds now will hear you say that. They go, no, you were raped. And yeah, then like, yeah, yeah. but the joke I actually tell is we weren't even allowed to say that back then. We had to say fire if we want somebody to protect us <laughs> they said don't say rape say fire so somebody will come help you because they don't really value you yeah, or your yeah, yeah. you know vagina so now <laughs> that i'm you know 38 and this cusp of me too movement if i'm caught in an alley i'll yell help my vagina's on fire <laughs> from all this rape <laughs> See, and that's what we're the, talking about. And then the problem, though, is because I'm from both time periods, I wouldn't even know how to thank the fireman who saved me. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know, give him some pussy. I, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> like, thank you for saving me from that other guy. Here you go. <laughs> that's amazing. But see, yeah, that's, yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what comics do. We take all this sensitive stuff and personal and put it in and make it hilarious. To and that's a joke. Everybody. I'm always surprised it gets laughs because I guess – I, you know what I mean? It's just the yeah. right amount of finesse or whatever the hell. Your delivery it is. helps too. Yeah. Like you have a it's you ridiculous. Know, a light to you, so it like. Also, I didn't make it up. It's something that that is forced on me. Sure. That I'm just like cr trying to figure out why is that the case in the first place. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's definitely crazy with all the stuff that's happening. You know, the different comics and different things. You know, it's like, I mean, I still can't believe that like, you know. Louis was a huge thing because it's like it just it doesn't even feel real yeah. because he was like kind of the leader of all of us. Right. You know, it's like I mean, him and Dave, I mean, that those those are the two, mm -hmm. you know. And so it's like it's weird that like that happened and we don't really have him. And then when I hear like open mic comics, like do their stupid jokes and making fun of him, like shut the fuck up. dude. Right. It's like <laughs> it's like you were idolizing this guy. And right. Then now it's become this thing. And. I don't know. I just feel like it's it's, just, it's awkward. Not the confusing thing around. about the whole Louis thing to me is if everything was like even between men and women. Yeah. The Louis thing would just be like, get this man some help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I thought about it in terms of if a if a woman did something like that to a man and you know they would just call her crazy. They'd yeah. be like. What's wrong with her? She's crazy. Get her some help. She needs medication. Yeah. Right? Yeah, if a girl is but just since it's not even, touching herself in front of right. it's a whole different thing. Since no, it's not even and since we're everybody's trying to even the score, it's like, well, baby with the bathwater, yeah. he, he doesn't deserve any help. He was in a position of power. Yeah. And so everybody's like, everybody's getting accosted for this, this sameness. When sure, I don't sure. know if everything is the same degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have wanted it to happen to me. I wouldn't have, the way I see, this is, this is the best I've come to understand it. I have a daughter. She's 11. She's in a world where she sees her mom going out and making money. She's not desensitized to the patriarchy. She mm -hmm. doesn't even know it exists yet. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So these younger women hear a thing like a Louis C.K. happening and it's, it's very painful for them because they've been sheltered and they've had a different world than I've had. Yeah. I think the younger generation is teaching women how to stand up for themselves and, and what we should expect. Yeah. Cause we've, cause I ugh, running around as a 24 year old comedian. Oh, I was, I was, I was horrible as, as a comic where I mean, you probably know half the shit I did. And it's like, I remember one time on stage, I slapped Rachel Feinstein's ass. Like after a set, like I was emceeing, like just drunk and unaware right. and just crazy. I would right. just, I didn't, when I met Leah, it's like, 
our first interaction. I grabbed her boob, and right. she like pinched me, and like like that was our first interaction. Yeah, you know, she tra- it, I was trying to get in the cab with her. She's like kicking me out of the cab. Right, and, you know, we've been together like twelve years, so it's. <laughs> it's but like, people don't understand that there was a safeness within that world of yeah. whatever could happen to us then. There was still a playfulness of of, of and a safeness that existed amongst these variables. Sure. The the rules have changed yeah. and everything has changed so you, there's a little bit more you know there's different rules now. There's yeah. different rules to flirtation now. But you can't look back on stuff like that and say that was bad yeah. when you don't know the people who were ha- experiencing that flirtation with each other. You know what I mean? Like they'll yeah, no. they'll just take it and throw yeah. it all away when it's like yeah. no, this is what we were like it's kind of like um the baby it's cold outside song. Yeah. You a- you revisit that song and he's raping it's that creepy. woman. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, it was just like cutesy. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that we gotta like, you know, that were cutesy that probably were offensive. Be definitely be offensive now. But only if yeah. okay in that woman's position, yeah. if she knows this man's not doing that, she knows that this is just him being cute. Now, if you put it in today's time frame, yeah. and and the woman doesn't know that man, and he's being that. Aggressive. He's Weinstein. He's literally annoying. Yeah. Well, annoying that, is, is yeah. rape now. Well, that's or stalking too. It's just like you, you know, you mentioned movies. Like you know, that was always a scene in a movie where always. a guy's like out in front of the, uh, the window and he's Don't like writing up. a song. And he's yep. hanging in the tree and yep. he won't go away. He's running to the airport, chasing her down. Yeah. Like, like it's like just every movie was about some guy. Don't give up. Don't give up. If yep. she says no, doesn't mean no. She like, doesn't just know. Keep, yeah, she just doesn't know what's good for her yet. She'll fall in love with you again. Just yeah. keep moving. Just be. Pr- be aggressive. Just yeah. stay on top of her. Stay on top of her. Yeah. Like, yeah, every single movie was like that. Any <laughs> sort of romantic anything was basically that was like the angle for the dude. Right. To just like keep, Wear just keep her on her. Down. Wear her down. So she, okay, I love you. <laughs> I guess. I guarantee you half the marriages, you know, from yeah. like the 50s and 60s. And, I mean. Dude, I went back before that. that. And I'm thinking the marriages before that, I'm sure that somebody got lucky and actually loved each other. But the marriages before when women were treated as property was just, this is the only one I want to rape me <laughs> like yeah protect me from the rest <laughs> of the rape was marriage oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and hopefully have a few goats <laughs> yeah this guy at least gives me shelter so mm-hmm. you know that's hilarious um i don't know i think uh well the landscape of comedy is continually you know changing and what you know we can and cannot say on stage you know mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of times i'm up there and it's like you know, a lot of times we'll be here, we'll have a show, and I'll just be a bunch of 20-year-olds and stuff, and I'll just be like, all right, how's this going to go? Mm-hmm. You know, I'd always, it, it's like, it used to, it's it's so horrible, because I used to be so excited when there was young people, <laughs> and mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, you know, my age is kicking in, so it's like, all right, how am I going to, you know, not offend these people, you right. know? But then it's like, but my approach has been, it's like, I've always been with comedy, it's like, even though I have an edgy approach, I that they may not accept right away, my job, I always felt, is to convert them. Mm-hmm. It's to make them see that it is just comedy. Yeah. And see that it is, like, like you did that amazing joke with, you know, on rape, mm-hmm. which is not an easy topic at all. No. And so if I'm playing with race or whatever it is, you know, I can convert them that this is the this is the time we can laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this element here is like, you know, you're drinking booze. It's a basement. It's like there's a guy with a microphone. Like a lot of times, I think that's the hardest thing is to get them out of blog mode or right. get them out of like offensive comment mode and just be like lose themselves. That's the hardest thing I see with young audiences is them just losing themselves in the moment. Yeah. You know, they just want to react. Yes. I, 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 
I go back and forth trying to figure out exactly um, how I feel about the new edge. I feel like there's a new way of being edgy that like it's been pushed, you know, like the edge used to be further out. So I go back, back when we started, we could be edgy based on the desensitization and, and how much harm are we doing. So there was still an edginess and a playfulness to it, yeah. but there were still things that were off limits to us that we couldn't get away with. Like Holocaust type jokes weren't working. I remember when I started. I remember people who could work a Holocaust joke, but yeah. most people get on stage and say AIDS or Holocaust, flatline. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And But, 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 but before that, they might have... Yeah been inspired by somebody who had a Holocaust or AIDS joke yeah. that worked. So sure. it's like the edge keeps moving. And I, I think as long as um, it's not just helping the bad people, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if the punchline helps a pedophile feel comfortable doing it, I feel like that's the wrong kind of edgy. But you. if it's obvious that you're joking about this and you, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate the bloggers, though, that take it out of context purposefully. Like, you can't even use the verbiage. Like, you can't yeah. even Buzzwords. They yes, hear the, the word words. and they freak out. Yeah, sure. That's the, I, you know, I don't know. No, I mean, I came up, you know, it's like my bad comedy examples were people like Lampanelli and Patrice and guys <laughs> yeah. that just, you know, horrible, horrible influences that yeah. just basically yeah. make crowds just either react or cry or walk out or, yeah. you know, so it's like both those two were like, and that's funny, they kind of hated each other, but th those are like two huge influences because I saw them all the time. Right. And it was like, well, Lisa was really funny because it was like, it was a character of kind of making fun of all this stuff yes. like it was it, it never really felt real it was right. more like rimey jokes and exactly and all this stuff and, Patri and, and then patrice was like i never seen anybody really just reveal how he fucking felt about something yeah you know? <laughs> it's like there was no like how do you really you know no <laughs> yeah. no, no. You, i mean you just it, it he just put it out there yeah you know and uh it's it's with he's another one it's weird not having him around oh man it's right so now? strange to not have him come walking into a comedy club and diss on the 14 hungry comics you know that think they got something going on I, yeah he put sucks. us all in our places <laughs> it would be fascinating to see him navigate oh, these this oh era my god yes the alternative oh comics and all that shit like he didn't give a fuck what TV show you did. He didn't mm -hmm. care what you. Did. It's like, and that was the thing. He was a badge of honor. Patrice O'Neill was like a guy that, like, if you got his respect, that was that felt like a credit. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> it was like if he actually was kind of nice to you, or mm -hmm. like who Patrice, you'd tell somebody mm -hmm. about it. Like, because he was so funny. Yeah, he would just like just kind of sit on the stoop over, or not really sit, but just hang out over by the Boston and just kind of just watch people walk he, in and, and mess with every woman as they walk every, by. Every girl, <laughs> every girl that walked by, any comic that like you know idolized him at all, like he would just shit on. It, it was really funny, but it was but he also it was full of love as well. It wasn't just you know he didn't just attack I think everybody. He's a real human. He was. <laughs> he was. He was ahead of his time. Yeah, like he wasn't. I feel comedy's stripped down a little more now, and he. Mm -hmm. He was doing that shit before, you know, a lot of people were. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, his last special, I felt he finally, elephant in the room, he finally got to that place that made him a great comedian. Because yes. I felt like he was, a lot of his material was, was shitting on women and the way he felt about them and how they treated him and all this stuff and, you know, women ain't shit and that kind of attitude. And then that special, he got more vulnerable. Yes. He started talking about himself, making fun of himself. I remember I talked to him um, at comics or carolines i don't remember i think it was comics actually and i was excited because i was like um 
I mean, see, Patrice is, didn't like me, or Vaughn says he did, but he always <laughs> said he didn't. But yeah. he would always talk to me because yeah. he'd be like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, listen, <laughs> you don't have to like me for for me to learn from you. I yeah, like, go ahead and exactly. don't like me. I'm still going to watch you. Oh, you and then we would too. have a long conversation because he yeah. was good at like just talking to whoever he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I remember watching that set and going and, and just needing to tell him when I first started talking to you, your, your whole thing was misogyny and your whole thing was hating women and women are manipulative and you, it was an attack. But now that Vaughn was around so long and yeah. loved him, yeah. it was changing to here's women's side. He started mm. speaking on behalf of how the love that he was getting from her and yeah. it was really maturing his set. It wasn't like it was, and he was sort of a step parent too. Yeah. And so, yeah. It wasn't like he was um, on women's side, but he, it was more developed than just your manipulative monsters. <laughs> it was more yeah. understanding. Yeah, well, he took a swing that was, you know, interesting and funny. I've seen some guys try to do that. It doesn't work. You know, basically, Andrew Dice Clay was the worst example of that I ever saw in my life is when he was getting attacked by being kind of cruel to women and all this stuff on stage. And then, you know, he cried on Arsenio Hall and basically was just like, I love women and I didn't mean to, I'm just being a character. And like, he totally just <laughs> started bawling. Gotta, you should you should look it up. It's, it's the funniest thing ever. And he's just bawling mm -hmm. and on and it just ruined his career. Aww. And then right after that, and he obviously came back, but and Opie and Anthony. He was yeah, a great character on that. But well, there was a, there was a, there was definitely a gap. Yeah. And uh, and then he does this special called, you know, something like uh, Dice loves women, and yeah. so it was a horrible special. It was like on Showtime, and it was basically just all oh, jokes no. about how men suck and women are was, great. And it was bad. Oh yeah, it was terrible. That's it, too bad. Because he, well, he was because he was writing from a place yeah. of trying to because with to get love from women and to like him as an audience member as opposed to just doing what he does. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what you fucking do. Like, don't you know what I mean? Like, don't try to do something else. Mm -hmm. If that's what got you here and that's what you instinctually do. Lean in. Yes, exactly. Like Kaufman. Yeah. Wrestle them. Yeah. No, because like to me, Dice Clay, <laughs> yeah. my boyfriend started making me watch wrestling and okay. Dice Clay would have been the heel of comedy. You just keep doing that and you don't have to explain that you're not breaking KFAB. Just don't. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Just don't. And you're 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 the bad guy and the men will champion that and the women will eventually get that you're doing that. But to actually just break and yeah. explain it, you've ruined your character. Yeah, I think right? so too. Well, and yeah, you're just you know, and just pandering, you know, just exactly try, trying to. I wonder you know. what you. I, I, I'm always interested in when this happened because I do believe that, like, obviously, right now we're running into a lot of blogging and social media and all that stuff. People sharing information and being trying to be more right than you. Like, yeah. okay, so when Facebook first started and you make a you make a status update and somebody <laughs> negates you and they get down to the point of talking about your grammar, that's oh. comedy now. <laughs> you you do oh a set God. and get, somebody blogs about it yeah. and it's like down to what was your intention but you used the <laughs> f word or you used yeah. the n word and you yeah. said it though it's like that's become people's input when it, it used to be you put out yeah. i guess back before me you put out a cd and people bought it <laughs> yeah. yeah you didn't have to yeah. hear like if no if they didn't like you they didn't buy it and yeah, nobody heard about the you didn't hear some idiot that lives in minnesota talking about it and critiquing it yeah it's it's partially people are lazy so you yeah. got you got a blogger who will sit in a crowd yeah. and go i need to hear the wrong thing to get my blog out to get my hits oh, to yeah. get my money 
oh, because yeah. they're not doing real jobs. Oh yeah. Critics, so, what? It's a click and bait bullshit, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that I didn't start. I guess with that, you know. Yeah. To, it was like I'm old as shit, and I feel like we had VHSs and we, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had postcards. We would send these, yeah. like, with my picture on it, or yeah. my buddy would do a little art, and I'd send it. You know, I'm at Caroline's, and like, uh-huh. you know, and I actually enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed like you know, writing and printing up the post-its and sending everything out. And it was a different time. But it was just like, there were only two things that happened. You either got on The Tonight Show or Letterman or something, or you didn't. Mm-hmm. Or you, you you were blowing up on a, a sitcom or something, or you weren't. That mm-hmm. was it. There was no, And then if you weren't on it, then you had to keep working until you got there. Right. There wasn't any of this other stuff that made you famous or whatever. Right, like you know. YouTube or Girl Code. None of that. Yeah, I mean, or there was some. There was some kind of girl code stuff, like really. Well, like MTV stuff, like you could, like Jim Brewer would have a show, and maybe you'd have a comic on or whatever. But it was like, but it wasn't like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. there was some Talking head stuff that was developing, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely. But to me, that's different. That's a credit, you know. I'm talking about no, just... no, but girl code, dude. It girl code and guy yeah. code did something insane to comedy like they just yeah well last comic standing too yeah last comic standing yeah. too but last comic standing was at least stand up yeah girl code guy code is just they're speaking and then all of a sudden they're touring yeah they're headlining clubs and then, and then everybody has 15 minutes yeah <laughs> it's i see that a lot yeah um you know you'll see like a oh who's working the funny bone or something yeah. and you'll be like what they have a weekend yeah but that's i always try to yeah. remember people's history when i go why am i not doing as well as oh yeah they got girl coded into the future you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. you can't even compete with a last comic standing semi-finalist or a girl coder you can't compete with that like on a on a stand-up comedy like club to club level you it's a different route it's like i love that bill Burr, the way he put it it's like some of us are career lifers and you blow when you're 40 or something or you're fi- you know you're 45 yeah. or whatever yeah and some people at 19 and yeah and then what? <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know, the landscape for audiences have changed too. And it's like, I, you know, I run a comedy club and I have one, I only have, I have one comic that brings people in, Giannis Papas. Mm-hmm. He's the only comic that people come in to see. And, and, <laughs> he's the only guy. The, and he's, and it is from the internet. Yeah. And it's because he, you know, basically these videos have yeah. popped and he has this audience everybody else is like oh who's that guy like they don't know anybody else but him mm-hmm. as far as like a certain demographic it's like 30 and under but you know but he's the only guy mm-hmm. and everybody else you know whatever i try to put, show the credits and whatever but they really but yeah but it's like and that's how the clubs think because mm-hmm. basically we're just dancing monkeys up there sometimes right. just selling drinks right you know a lot of times we give it too much i mean i'm not trying to discredit the craft but a lot of times I say it all the time and the kids, you know, comics hate when I say it, but it's just like, we're just moving drinks. Like yeah. you, you make it more than it is. If you're playing a theater and your name's on the ticket, okay, that's a different story. Yeah. But in these comedy clubs, they want to sell that booze. Mm-hmm. They want to put asses in the seats. Right. And people get up there and their, their ego is yeah. in the front and they're, they're more worried about how's this crowd reacting to me? Yeah. And they're ruining your chance to actually get these people back because yeah. people need to have a good time. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a performer. People, I get it. I, it took me a long time to get that too. By the way, get what? Just that this is this is selfishly just not my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not all like, about you for sure. It, from your position, I guess it, it makes sense that you understand it, that you've put it all yeah. together. But from from the stage, a lot of comics have that feeling of you guys don't know what's funny, and it's like yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. sixty of them. Yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. in there must know what's funny, or they, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Sometimes they don't. A lot of times, none of them know what's funny. <laughs> yeah. I th- that happens a lot. I yeah. <laughs> I'll be on stage and be like, oh, you guys are just idiots. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you get up on stage and you're, you're trying to assess, you know, the room and whatever. And, but at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, you get, you get a few laughs and you chalk it up as a win and you just can't think about it too much, you know, right. I think. But as far as playing the clubs, you know, I know a lot of comics get frustrated and, you know, but even like a Giannis or somebody like you have to be ultra creative and trying to, to, to create a fan base because a lot of times what you were talking about earlier, um, also audiences are not savvy enough to what real comedy is. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was growing up, it's like we had Cheech and Chong albums. We had, you know, Stephen Wright was up and, you know, those George Carlin and like the best of the best is what we were exposed to. Right. And a lot of times these younger generations of comic, they only know like girl code. They've never yeah. watched a real stand-up all the way through for an hour. Like mm-hmm. they don't know really what it is a stand-up does. Mm-hmm. I mean, the closest thing that they get is just, you know, an episode of Seinfeld or something. They don't know. Right. So a lot of times it's like they're uneducated to the craft itself. And so a lot of times, you know, they don't appreciate it because they don't know. Like, I just want to be like, dude, nobody's ever written that fucking premise. That's a great fucking joke. Yeah. I'm the only one that's ever done that joke. Yeah. I should get more love for that. But yeah. they don't know that. Yeah. They don't know that, 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 that there's a billion jokes that are all the same. Yeah. And when we have a good one and it's like they don't realize how good that is no. because they don't know the craft. It's like it's like when, you know, to them, jazz is just a bunch of horns playing. Like they right, don't understand right, right. how beautiful that is. So same with comedy. They don't don't understand the yeah. process the biggest reactions i've seen when i've ever gone on the road is when i've been sitting and watching the headliner and i'll see somebody in the crowd finish their joke Ugh. right oh, and they'll go i and, they, and they, they're so nightmare. excited and they're so happy and they're like that's what i was thinking oh. and when they can kind of sing along with oh. the joke yeah they feel very like they knew it was coming they know it, they, they think it's funny they don't actually want to hear something original yeah or be surprised. I mean, I mean, no. Sometimes being they, surprised yeah. is fine, but they yeah. don't care about original premises all the time unless you're, unless you're doing it in that um, recipe of pun and, and misdirection. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had, I've worked with a lot of comics on some big tours and things that ended with street jokes, and it mm. made me want to just fucking shoot myself. You know, they all do though, <laughs> don't they? Don't they all end? Not with all. Something well, very I mean, some do, but you know, it's, almost it's, when I used to bum around and watch Caroline's headliners, they would all end on the popular news of the whole year that you go, what a hacky like recreation of that thing that happened yeah. to Michael Jackson. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they all had that, the same hacky jokes. And I, and I realized, okay, that's a recipe for their, the last 15 minutes yeah. to do really easy comedy that everybody can get behind. Their checks are being dropped. Well, I'm, I remember delirious. It's like Eddie Murphy, like that's a, a it, it's such a good set. Except you get past the homophobic stuff and he starts to get into the family stuff, which is amazing. It's just like going and going and going. And it's a great. And then he just stops it and does some bear in the woods joke yeah. with a rabbit. And th- you're just yeah. like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you're this guy. You're the, you're the next Richard Pryor. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then he just does a street joke and everybody goes bananas because it's Eddie Murphy's delivery yeah, and everybody's yeah, yeah. like ah and it's probably the biggest laugh of his set and it's a stupid joke about a bear and a rabbit you know wiping his ass with a rabbit or right. something and it's like you know but it, even then when i wasn't a comic i thought that was off i'd mm-hmm. be like I, I told that joke once you know what i mean right. like it just it took every it took all the wind out of eddie murphy for me i was just like right. hey i don't know it's just weird but i think uh i don't know i think sometimes people you know 
sing other people's songs and tribute bands and things yeah. and sometimes they do that with comedy as well yep you know they think they can just do that and you know and they get away with it yeah because in the poconos they don't give a fuck yeah you know? <laughs> in pennsylvania at a firehouse they don't care yeah. like just you said they don't care yeah but that's why i like being in new york city I like the assholes sometimes. Mm-hmm. I like the assholes that challenge me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, even when I want to fucking murder them, right. you know, after a show, I still, like, it's still, when I go home at the end of the night, I know that, like, you know, I can't skirt around these hacky premises if right. that's going to happen to me. Right. You know, somebody's going to, like you said, fi- if someone finished my joke, I would go crazy. Yeah. I would go crazy <laughs> on stage. I would have a, I would be, fuck you, man. I would go, <laughs> it's, I think something similar's happened and I just want to fight the guy. Yeah. So, because I don't want that to happen. Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> I just feel like you're doing it wrong if that happens. Yeah. Like yeah. You're, you need to get to change that misdirect. Yes. You know, yes. that's why I have punchlines like the clan and jerking off in a Wendy's cup because nobody's <laughs> thinking that's where I'm going so <laughs> but i pride right. myself in that and david tell taught me that i always felt with a tell where a lot of people you know it's like the reason a lot of people can't hack a tell they hack his voice and delivery for sure always but the reason that they can't hack a lot of his jokes is because he's willing to go places that a lot of comics are afraid to go mm-hmm. like you know f- just quick edgy dirty punchlines or whatever yes. and everybody's trying to be clean and go on tv or whatnot but it's like i feel like a lot of times that that keeps him original yeah you know, the edge you are. Like, nobody's going to hack Stanhope because people, who's going to do a fucking fetus joke? Right. You know, so it's like, you know, it helps you sometimes stay original to just go full, you know, edge or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, uh, so. Tell's also a good example of he's being funny. You cannot so go to him funny. and go, do you really believe that about retards? <laughs> <laughs> retards and midgets? That's what you really believe. I'm going to blog about you. And yeah. people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's cartoon. It is. He uses the words as yeah. cartoons. Yeah. He's so funny. And now he's a great comic for people to watch on how to just like, just, I mean, how to write a joke. Yeah. Like he's one of the few people I feel that are still left writing jokes. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of comics... When they get famous, it becomes the story when I met Kanye. Oh, my God, the, I hate or that. Or the story when I bought my house in Beverly Hills. Or yes. When I, you know, or I was I got arrested for this and did that. And it becomes these fanciful Hollywood things. You know who I saw do, do navigate that kind of nicely? Where I was like, okay, he's not pretending he's not famous, but he's not giving me all. I don't have to hear all about it. Uh, what is his name? He was from Joe Dirt. What's that guy's name? Oh, uh his name uh joe dirt david spade there we go david spade yes so he had a couple um self-deprecating negations of well not really self-deprecating but to my mansion type he he threw it out there so you could get it out of your head sure but then he talked about the traffic in la in a way that i've never heard it talked about it wasn't just some hacky he was talking about being drunk driving drunk okay and like you know a police um, a police stop where they were checking and him trying to get out of the lane and just do a U-turn <laughs> out of the lane. Like, yeah. oh, I forgot my coat back there. It was so funny. And I was so relieved not to have yeah. to hear about his relationships with other stars. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Oh, it's so good. I, I mean, some guys, you know, it's it's a part of who they are now. So mm-hmm. they've got to talk about it. you got to talk right. about what it is. But and people want to hear it, too. Yeah, but I want to hear it from Chris Rock. I don't think I want to hear it from Aziz. You know, ah. I mean? like, there's certain, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? There's certain people that, like, you know, I'm okay, like, talking, you know, talking about it. But but I guess, I mean, that's what happens. Your life changes, so you talk about different things. Um, I want to talk about the writing stuff. Um, um, how did, how does that, like, 
transitioning from that, doing more of that than the stand-up, because I feel like that sometimes that feels like a job. You know, it has the structure of a job, but even though you're writing jokes, you know, it, it feels like it. You know, how was how do, how were you able to handle that that transition of just kind of from the stage to like being in an office and all that stuff? It it depends on the job. Yeah. So sometimes it feels it makes your brain hurt because it's such bad jokes. Right? Okay. <laughs> um, but the structure of having yeah. to get up in the morning, it's a nice relief from not having to wake up. And, you know, the depression sets in if you don't have a place to be. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, and it's perfect for me as a comedian because it's like, I know I'm here for six weeks. And so then it like, you know, it, it stops me from being laying around like, what am I doing with myself? And where's my career? What? Right. Yeah. Uh, at midnight, for example, though, was a job that was very challenging and very, to me, very funny. Yeah. And so was great show. it was like, I was very hyper and I was always very like nervous and I was always very anxious. It was like being on a drug. It was really nice. Yeah. But at the same time, um, being there for a year and being away from stand up made me feel like I kind of lost myself. Okay. Stand up is an anchor. Like, you know who you are and you're in control of it. Just like you're saying, like, while you book a show, being a stand up, you're in control of your art. You're, you know, when you can get on stage, you can give yeah. avails, you can craft your own um, entertainment or whatever. But writing, you're at somebody else's beck and call, but you're also yeah. at the whim of their politics. How sure. do they view you as a female? How do they view you as a black person? How, how do they value your opinion? Yeah. Really can tear you down. So um, I, I think I prefer if I could just do stand up and I could have a career off of it. I, at first I thought I would rather have writing because the residuals are crazy. Right. Sure. And um, I like the guarantee of work. Yeah. But when you factor everybody else into the equation, it kind of ruins your life. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so stand up yeah. being being kind of a lone wolf and getting out there and going to crowds and being reliable and learning how to be a headliner and being able to tour is the only control you'll have over your life in comedy, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you learned a lot, maybe how to, you know, write things for yourself and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I mean, is that is that something you want to do as well, like scripts and things or I I, st I started taking like a pilot class. Okay. Because I want to be the next uh, is, this, job I is get. this recent? Yeah, oh. I took one when I got back. I took a pilot class. I'm in sketch class. I'm yeah. I'm going to start my UCB 301 sketch class. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you. That's I think that's what's funny. A lot of comics listen to this and they give they can give people shit about classes and stuff. You've written for like fucking nine shows yeah. on television and you're still learning and, and, and taking a class. And I think that's that's huge. This is a lot about you, but I think it's beautiful. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I like to be prepared and I do get yeah. very anxious. So yeah. I like to know that I'm that I'm prepared for the job and that I've been practicing it. Yeah. Right? So to me, like UCB, every version of the class so far is the same exact feeling as being in a writer's room. Okay. The teacher's the boss. Sure. Here are the assignments. Deliver. And you have to learn how to get along with people. You have to learn how to communicate with people. You have to learn how to say a note without being rude. Yeah, you have to learn yeah. how to take a note without being rude. So I like the classes because it keeps you kind of like, you know, practicing. Sure. No. But I yeah, I know great. a lot of people will shit on UCB or just taking classes in general, they want to yeah. be natural. Not everybody can get these jobs based off of their relationships. A lot of writers yeah. in those rooms were friends yeah, with sure. the person who actually hired them. Yeah, Not yeah. everybody has that. No, and I think that's something, you know, we, we skirted around in the beginning about, you know, relationships in the business. But uh, that's, you know, when I, when I coach people, I talk to people and I say, look, you know, that's this is essential, you mm -hmm. know, that people 
like you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if I if I could teach if I taught a university schedule of classes, that would be one particular class would be likability mm-hmm. and not be this, you know, annoying person because you because it's like we want to be, you know, like with me, it's like I'll have a group of comics I want to be around. Mm-hmm. You know, I hopefully they're all funny. But sometimes maybe a guy's not as funny, but he's he's working up there. He's trying to get funny, but he's such a pleasure to be around. So I'm exactly. going to have him around. And it's exactly. like and I think in the comedy, too, it's like, you know, you have to have like ability and it's like you have to be able to ask people for things in a way that doesn't feel like, you know, you're using them or whatnot, because right. everything I've gotten in television and whatever things like that is all been from comics. Mm-hmm. And I asked a comic like, hey, could you, you know, could I do the showcase for that? And hey, could you help me get on this show or whatever? And it's just like and that has a lot to do with how I treated people. Mm-hmm. which is huge because it's like I've also motherfucked a lot of people that I just regret right. because I just was stupid and drunk, right. you know, and that's the thing too, you know, do you, I mean, I feel like I've burned a lot of bridges, you know, and I'm just, you know, I've spent the last few years trying to get up from that and I drank mm-hmm. away a lot of my career because I was just an idiot and then now I'm just like, I, I kind of got some balance in my life, but I feel like I'm, you know, there's clubs I can't even go into because they know me as that guy. Uh, and then now I'm, you know, spent the last 10 years of just kind of like, you know, just taking care of myself mm-hmm. and getting therapy and not drinking and stuff like that. But now, but, it, but it's still hard because it haunts you. And yeah. it's like, that's why you have to be careful of the decisions you make as a young comic. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'm on my 35th day of not drinking. This Yay. Time. It happens though every <laughs> few years I stop drinking. And yeah. I, I think this time might stick. But um, it's like one of those things where I realized this time versus every other time. Yeah. Every other time was based off of I don't like how I act when I'm drinking. Okay. This time is different. It's like, okay, so I'm trying to find myself. And I've realized that when I don't drink, I have the confidence to say this is how I really feel. Mm. A lot of times when I was drinking and around people, because I'm an insecure person, they could easily throw in... It's even 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 like boyfriends when it would be like I would be having fun. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're just drunk. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They would negate my joy. And if I have a strong opinion, if I get angry with something, even if it's not like belligerent, if I'm just angry and I don't like something, you're being drunk. Because as a woman, you're going to get negated no matter what. And just as a person, people are going to try to challenge you. But yeah. I do feel like as a woman, people don't respect um, your opinions and as an insecure person I don't even know what my opinions are so if somebody says you're just being drunk I don't know if that's true yeah. so now this last 35 days of not being drunk and having a moment where I go um, yeah I don't like that and somebody yeah. says anything to me I, I can just say no I'm this happened to me in LA in LA I got really drunk but I was having a great time and I was like commingling with LA New York comics at a at a, at a um, restaurant and I got this piece of shitty pie that they put like this huge scoop of ice cream in the middle of the pie. I moved the ice cream, there was no pie under it. So it was this tiny, it was like basically they had slivered together the last bit of what, whatever was in the pie, right? <laughs> and so I was like, oh my God, look at this. And I, it was fun. Yeah. So they're like, send it back, send it back. I was like, no, 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 I never do that, yeah. right? And I was like, I never do that because I never know where they're gonna do my food, please don't do that. And they're like calling the waiter over, they make it happen and I'm like, please, no, I wanna eat this pie, no, it's fine. They do it anyway and I'm like, okay, now great. I don't, I don't know where they're going to do the pie. Yeah. And then the waiter was like, I would never do. They have cameras back there. And they're like, you're embarrassed. They it just turned into this mess of you're embarrassing us. Yeah. So like, let's just put it like this. I, without the story, because it got really, really heated. If <laughs> oh, I had pie. been sober, 
And knowing me now, I could just go, stop. This is what I want. End of discussion versus, sure. no, 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 please don't do that. Hey, no, 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 don't try yeah, to yeah. take over my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. It's just like when you're drinking, you feel like, you know, there's so many emotions running through you. You can't control your emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. It's like, you know, for me to quit drinking, it wasn't, you know, fist fights on stage or, you know, it wasn't like almost, almost getting arrested or, or crazy shit happening in my life. You know, it was funny. The reason I stopped drinking was a night. It was uh, we, we were doing a, uh, a show at a strip club. It was like me and Gino and uh, Vecchione and a couple of my uh, Colin Kane and, and he was a big influence on my not drinking. And uh, I remember I was at the bar and waiting to go on. And I always suffered from anxiety before I went on stage. Mm -hmm. And I was drinking eighteen dollar um, Jack shots, and mm -hmm. I had like four of them. And uh, and then it was like that was a moment I was just like, you know, I have to own my anxiety. Like I'm, why am I spending all this money? just to feel a little uncomfortable on stage, right. you know? And it's just like, you know, or to not feel c uncomfortable on stage. And it was just like, that was the moment I quit drinking because it was, it was like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Right. Because I would rather be clear-headed and uncomfortable than right. all this other crazy shit that comes with drinking. Right. So it was like, and then it's just like, and then now I'm still uncomfortable before I go on stage. I'm still uncomfortable when I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. But it's, but I'm able to channel it all the good stuff that comes with that, which right. is being sharp and being aware and not having a fucking phone call the next day right. about what you did or whatever, or, be cr or creating a scene in a public place mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I think it's like, you know, as comics, it's like we can use that anxiety and it not be this thing that we have to get rid of, you know, yeah. just because we're awkward people. We're all fucked up. We all yeah. had crazy childhoods. We all had crazy, you know, things happened to our lives and, that's okay, you know, mm -hmm. with, you know, but I think when you, you know, when you drink and stuff, it's like you, you hurt your chances of kind of becoming a better person, you know. Right. So, I don't know. I think it's great that you're, you know, aware of yourself enough to, to see it this time like this mm -hmm. instead of it being like, oh, that time you, you slipped and fell and did whatever, you know, some ridiculous thing to make you stop drinking. This It's right. better, I think, when you have something that's not crazy. Right. Because, you know, it's for, for me, it's even as simple as it happened to me a few weeks ago. I was on stage. I wasn't drinking because I haven't been. And I realized it, there were only like 10 people in the crowd and I didn't like any of them. Uh -huh. And usually. So that's my problem with drinking the anxiety. I go, oh, I'm not being fun. Yeah. And I don't realize that it's OK for me to just not like you people sometimes. Yeah. I'm always trying to be likable. I'm always trying to be liked. People think I'm pretty and they, they think I'm somehow hurting them from, like, you know what I mean? I'm supposed yeah. to make everybody comfortable with that yeah. I'm pretty. Yeah. So I always feel like I'm in that role. I was finally in a position where I could go to the crowd, oh, I don't like you, and that's yeah. okay as well. And it helps me figure out, but why? But why am I feeling like I don't like these people? Yeah. What is the disconnect? And it just helps you find more of yourself instead of being a people pleaser or being the fun person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was trying to cover up the fact that maybe I'm boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm okay with being boring. I used to think that was a horrible thing. I was like, oh, I love just sitting on the couch and being boring. But I think what's, it's a bizarre thing when you're up there and you're not drinking. Mm -hmm. And 
they're all drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Every, yeah. The whole night is centered around everybody drinking. Yeah. Two drink minimum. I'll take a Long Island iced tea. And yeah. they're ordering while you're on stage. And you, you're on stage. You're doing your comedy. And they're moving. You just see drinks moving by you. You see these big cups and straws. And it's just everywhere. It's like being, you're just dropped into this drinking fucking pot and everybody's around you and then you're just like completely sober yeah but it's also to me it's adrenaline and i love it because mm -hmm. it's like i'm the sharpest guy in the room mm -hmm. so that's the thing too because i used to drink so much on stage and then now that i don't drink i notice that like you're not going to out heckle me or out funny me because right. i'm not wasted yeah so yeah. i'm going to be smarter and i'm going to be more intuitive than you'll ever be because you had too long on iced teas right. i don't give a shit you're not going to be able to top my brain right now because my yeah, brain's yeah, working yeah. on all cylinders yeah. yours is halfway there so bring it i love that yeah and i love the idea that now i can just do that to them and be like you're just drunk <laughs> <laughs> that's how you close out a show everybody <laughs> So very cool. Thanks for uh, being here. It was great. It's good to see you. Thanks for good having to talk me. To it's you. great to see you and talk to you too. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, you want to plug uh, any social media stuff or anything coming up? They could just go to KhalisHawkins.com. I'm I'm popping up around the town. Yeah, you are. Uh, this is a great show. Uh, thank you for listening to. I'll leave you with this. Dustin Chafe and our special guest, uh, Khalise Hawkins. Uh, check her stuff out. She's very, very funny. And, uh, yeah, um, one last thing. Um, I always ask comics to give any sort of, like, uh, advice to young comics like if you could talk to yourself you know when you first started is there any little gem you would give yourself like far as a nugget um if i first start when I, okay when i first started i was writing scripts just because i was bored yeah i would say when you start create as much content as you can because as soon as you get an opportunity they're gonna want to exploit that and if you have nothing to show for it you yeah. you might not be one of those lottery winners who just gets put on stuff you yes. might actually have to have something that they can buy from you Exactly. So that's my biggest advice. Oh, I think it's huge. Yeah, just in yeah, practice in the mirror how to pitch. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had so many bad pitch meetings. <laughs> it's awkward. Yeah. It's always early in the morning. I don't know about you when yeah. you pitch stuff where it's like I'm just not awake at all. Yeah. So I can't. It doesn't matter if I got sleep or not. I just can't do anything when the sun's out. Yeah. And so I just, I just, I think that's something to learn too. Learn mm -hmm. how to pitch. Learn how to pitch yourself. You know. Exactly. Very cool. Yay! Thank you, everybody. Keep plugging away, and uh, we'll see you soon hear you soon you'll hear us soon i don't know bye bye <laughs>